0: Hello, my name's Father Ken Barker from the Missionaries of God's Love. Uh, this is a new podcast, and I wanted to just share with you over a, a number of sessions just the wonderful gift of God's mercy. Today, we'll just introduce that, and then we'll follow that up in f- further episodes. This theme of mercy is right at the heart of the gospel message. It's really the key to the heart of Jesus for the world, really. And just as he has shown us such great mercy, He wants us also to show mercy to others. For what we have received we want to give. And part of that will be of course the gift of forgiveness that we bring to others when it's very challenging to forgive. Pope Francis in the Year of Mercy, remember in 2016, he pointed out again and again that we won't be capable of bringing mercy to others unless we're first aware of having received mercy from God. In the Sacrament of Reconciliation, of course, and in other ways too, that we've experienced that in our brokenness, our weakness, our sinfulness, that God has come Uh, and and he's shared with us this merciful heart that we did not deserve, that we couldn't have earned. Uh, And out of that experience then, we are more able to bring this mercy to others. Pope Francis gives his own experience. When he was uh, 17 years old, he went to confession. And he had the normal things that young men have to confess, I guess. He didn't tell us when he had to confess. But he was touched deeply by the mercy that was ministered to him by the priest there, the mercy of God. And he said he came out of that experience and just uh, felt called by God. Uh, It was the feast of St. Matthew. And you know how Matthew was sitting at the tax collector's uh, counter uh, and Jesus came up to him and just looked upon him and called him. And the look that he gave was a look of mercy. This is what the Pope was experiencing in himself, that gaze of mercy, of the heart of Jesus upon him, and he wanted to respond wholeheartedly. So he ended up beginning his journey then towards priesthood as a result of this encounter with mercy. Because we know we're not worthy of mercy. It's sheer grace from on high. It's nothing that we can earn at all. You know, In Ephesians, Paul says, God found us when we were in our sinfulness, but he was rich in mercy. You know, by his grace we have been saved, not by anything that we've done but by his reaching down into our lives and lifting us out of our muck and giving us a new opportunity in him and a new power and grace to go forward in him. This is his mercy. And so the Pope was so moved by this, that he, he took the motto miserando atque eligendo, in Latin, which, which means looking upon him with mercy, he called him. It's taken from Be the Venerable's reflection on Matthew's election, Matthew's calling. Because that's exactly what happened to Matthew. Jesus, looking upon him, saw with mercy he called him. And that's how the Pope experienced himself too. And now that's his papal motto. Uh, later, of course, the book wrote wrote a book called God's Name is Mercy. We can, Of all the qualities that God has, the highest quality is mercy. So we need to be able to see the eyes of Jesus and to know his gaze of mercy on us. And that liberates the heart and enlarges the heart and makes us capable of having mercy on others too. Huh? You now there's so many stories in the Gospel where people encounter Jesus in this way. Think of the adulterous woman no, she'd been caught in the act of adultery and that serious offence uh, in the eyes of the law at that time was that she was to be stoned to death. So the men drag her out. Notice it's men. She's a, so this whole thing against women in those days was such a shocking thing. Uh, and, and she was dragged out before, before the Lord and, and thrown down in front of him. And we're told that uh, Jesus was there just writing on the ground as they were accusing her, knowing that the law of Moses meant that she was to be stoned to death. And they were asking him to release them to do that. And Jesus just looked up and he said, Let the one who is without guilt throw the first stone, without sin. And, of course, they went away from the oldest to the least. And then there was uh, this beautiful moment of Jesus with the woman. He was still down at the ground. She was trembling before him, and he looked up. Now, what was that gaze upon her? It was a gaze of mercy, and it must have penetrated her heart. Trembling there, expecting to be condemned. He says, woman, where are they who were condemning you? She said, there's no one here. Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go sin no more. You see, in accepting her as a person, not a sin, but accepting her as a person, he gave her freedom with this merciful gaze upon her and empowered her to go. He said, go sin no more. Neither do I condemn you, go sin no more. She could go sin no more because she'd received mercy. She'd been released in a whole new way in her person. This is the way of Jesus. He wants us to experience this gift of mercy. Remember Zacchaeus, who was up the tree, looking on, trying to sort of stay distant, but inquisitive about Jesus. And Jesus is walking below with a big crowd, and he stops, and he looks up, and he calls Zacchaeus by name because he knows everybody by name, huh? Uh, And he calls him by name, Zacchaeus, come down. Now Zacchaeus must have got quite a fright. Jesus said, "I want to stay at your house tonight." I reckon Zacchaeus almost fell out of that tree, (laughs) but as he comes to the ground, you know, he's he's just. His heart has already opened and he wants to receive Jesus. He wants to welcome him into his home because you see he sees the gaze of Jesus upon him which is a gaze of mercy and it frees the human heart no matter how bounded up it is in sin because Zacchaeus would have been a public sinner you know all the tax collectors were like that they were extorting people and causing harm for their own kind it was a terrible uh, situation that they were in. Yet Jesus looks upon him in great mercy uh, and welcomes him. And, and the people start complaining, oh, he's going to a sinner's house. Uh, and Zacchaeus uh, so says, oh, look, if I've uh, cheated anyone, I'll pay back, you know, all, all, all of that. And, and I'll pay it back double, you know. Uh, and, and I'll give half of my uh, money to the poor. You see, his heart's been opened. By mercy, this encounter with the merciful heart of Christ, and and Jesus said, "The Son of Man came to uh, to save sinners, not the virtuous." This is the great gift then that Jesus, in His mercy, brings to us, and we need to experience it ourselves. Remember that thief; there were two thieves on either side of Jesus, uh, and there was one that was abusing him and cursing him, and the other one, he must have, I reckon just seen the gaze of the Lord and Jesus's eyes upon him touched him as he's hanging there in agony Jesus also in great agony and Jesus' eyes penetrated him I think and 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 the man said you know Jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom and this day Jesus says you'll be with me in paradise." So in this agonising moment when Jesus should have been, like most men would have been, just worried about his own pain and his own death, is at that moment bringing mercy to this man. So my friends, this is what we need most of all. Now, mercy is the highest quality in the heart of God. Now, uh, Saint Faustina said that, who had the revelations of, on the mercy of God. Pope John Paul II, in his encyclical on mercy, he called it the most stupendous attribute of God. And it's for all who welcome uh, the life of God within them. We're also meant to have that as the highest quality in our hearts. You now We go after justice so much, don't we? But mercy actually triumphs over justice. Uh, and we, we need mercy more than we need justice. But we need both. John Paul II had first-hand experience, of course, of the brutality of human beings and what they're capable of doing in the Second World War. Uh, when he was in Poland, uh, as a young seminarian, he saw many people rounded up and sent to concentration camps and slave labour. And, and many of his own Jewish friends perished in the gas chambers. You know, it was a shocking time. He, he went through all of those terrors and all of that uh, you know, human misery uh, While well, as a seminarian, though, he, he got in contact with this message of mercy through the revelations of St. Faustina, who was in a convent in the same city where he was do- doing some labouring work as a seminarian. Uh, and, uh, and she'd written revelations in her diary of the Divine Mercy, so he was very well, well aware of it. Uh, and so, as a young priest, as a bishop of, of Krakow, uh, he'd reflect a lot on that mercy. And it was a keynote of his pontificate. And he spread that message uh, widely. In his encyclical on uh, mercy, the evasive misericordia, rich in mercy it's called, and, you know, he wanted to show that justice is not enough. We live in a litigious age when the cry is for justice. Everyone wants justice, and rightly so, because justice is good. But justice without mercy is, is deadening. Uh, justice alone, he says, is not enough, it can lead to negation and destruction uh, if it's left alone, uh, if it's not tempered by mercy. Uh, and mercy is the one that should be primarily shaping our attitudes and our ways of doing things. So John Paul II dedicated the whole world to the divine mercy when he visited the shrine that had been built around where Faustina's um, uh, convent was. And he pointed us to the pierced heart of Christ broken open on, on the cross, you know, from which flowed blood and water, the sign of mercy, you know, the merciful love of God. Uh, uh, and in his dedication to the world, he says this, How greatly today's world needs God's mercy. In every continent, from the depth of human suffering, a cry for mercy seems to rise. Where hatred and the thirst for revenge dominate, where war brings suffering and death to innocent people, there the grace of mercy is needed in order to settle human minds and hearts and to bring about peace. He loved to quote Faustina that the the world will never have peace until it opens its heart to mercy. So he not only proclaimed the good news of God's mercy, John Paul II actually lived it. Remember in the 13th of May in 1981, in St Peter's Square, he was critically, critically wounded by an assassin's bullet. Uh, he recovered miraculously. He attributed it to the intercession of uh, Our Lady of Fatima, because 3rd of May is her feast. Uh, and as soon as he got well, after uh, a time of uh, recuperation, uh, he went straight to the jail where the assassin who had been arrested had been put in a lifetime sentence. He visited this man Muhammad Ali Akkad and asked for uh, and asked the the man, the man to um, to turn to the Lord, and he forgave him. He didn't ask the man to be released, but he brought forgiveness all the same. He showed mercy to him. So justice needed to be done, but. He wasn't going to sort of hold contempt in his heart or anger or bitterness or resentment towards the man who had tried to kill him. He wanted to show mercy. Uh, this is the heart of God, you see. And it's the heart of God for uh, each one of us, really, and that we all need to have. You now, some of you may have already uh, seen that wonderful musical that's been around Les Miserables. Uh, it's a wonderful uh, musical version of the novel by Victor Hugo. And you remember, John Valjean uh, was a French uh, prisoner, hounded and transformed. Uh, you know, he hounded by, 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 by people, but then transformed by mercy. You know, he was sentenced um, to 19 years of hard labour for stealing some bread. <laughs> uh, and became, after time, a hardened and tough convict, really. Um, but eventually he earned his release. And then he was wandering around looking for shelter and food because there was nowhere for him to go. Um, uh, And he was taken in by a kindly bishop. And the bishop looked after him and gave him a bed. But then temptation came on him the first night he was in the bishop's house because the bishop had a lot of silver. So he ran off of a bag of the silver. And it wasn't long after that the police caught him uh, and... uh, with the silver, and they saw the inscriptions of the bishop on the silver, so they knew it must have been the bishops. So they turned up at the bishop's house with John Valjean, and they were ready to throw him into prison for the rest of his life. But the bishop surprised the the man. He said, so here you are, John, delighted to see you. Had you forgotten, I gave you candlesticks as well. They're silver like the rest, and worth a good 200 francs. Did you forget to take them? And you see, John Valjean was flabbergasted by this, because the police just went off. They thought, well, it was a, the bishop had actually given it to him. And he, was, he couldn't speak. And the bishop simply said to him, go, you're free now, but don't forget, don't ever forget, that you've promised me to use this money to make yourself an honest man. You see, the gift of mercy unearned, the gift of mercy that unsolicited uh, touched this man and changed his hard heart and he became actually a very strong good uh, man under that that grace. Mercy melts the heart and gives a new power to be who we're meant to be. So In this series, uh, I want to show how this attitude of mercy leads to the grace of forgiveness as well, when we can forgive those who we thought we could never forgive. you know, I, I was touched by a story that actually sort of has uh, shaped a lot of my thinking around this. It was um, a terrible thing that happened during the Bosnian War. Uh, a, a religious sister named Ludi Vertrusk, Uh, had been raped by one of the soldiers that came in and invaded the convent. And as a consequence, uh, she was having a child. And in the letter that she wrote to her superior, there was something very beautiful in it, because she said, you know, my heart was shattered when the life that I had given to God seemed to be robbed from me by what happened when I was raped. Uh, But I I've come through that dark time and I've come to a new place and I've realized God's mercy in my life. And I've realized that I can give my life now as a sacrifice for those many women who have endured the same uh, degradation that I've endured as a result of rape. And, and and she said finally she said I will go now with my child. I don't know where, but one thing I'll do as I bring my child up, I'll let my child know that the greatest thing a human being can do is to forgive. That really struck me when I read those words. The greatest thing a human being can do is to forgive. So during this series while I'm sharing with you about mercy, and the beautiful attitude in the heart of God that he wants to implant into our hearts. I want to also share how to actually forgive, because many of us find it difficult to forgive. Many of us have been hurt badly. Many of us have carried wounds from the past that we feel would never be healed. And many of us can sort of have a resentment in the heart that can really eat away at us deeply and and erode our confidence in ourselves, in God, and in other people. And so that's what we want to touch into during this series to speak more about mercy but also more about the capacity to forgive as a great gift from God. So I hope you continue to take the journey with me. Bless you.